I do look at the roster and what we have in the coaching staff. We should win games. We have to perform, though. We're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. And you know, the defense is going to do what they do. And last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. A win against Tampa in Cleveland. A win in Houston on Sunday against the Texans. Folks, your Browns have gone back-to-back. And this Sunday, they head to the Queen City, Cincinnati, to try to sweep the Bengals in 2022. Good evening, friends. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Gerard, good evening, friend. Good evening, Kenneth. You're sounding good. I'm sounding good. It's time to go with four downs. First down. Everybody's getting over the crud, my friend. My goodness gracious. you got to watch yourself out there. My goodness. First down, though. Browns were watching themselves. They got themselves a nice win. For the first time in 2022, the Browns have won back-to-back games as they knock off the Texans 27-14. Wasn't the prettiest game, but a win's a win. What do you take away from that win on Sunday against Houston? We'll talk about Deshaun Watson in second down. So everybody but Deshaun, go. <laughs> a win is a win, and no, it was not pretty. But at the same time, what you want to take from that win is that you saw an example of what happens when you have two phases out of three dominating, two phases contributing, two phases taking advantage of turnovers and mistakes made by a poor team in the Texans. So what you take from it is that the defense is capable of creating turnovers and that the special teams is creative or capable, rather, of creating explosive plays because DPJ, he certainly deserved that award, and it was building up to a kin of him finally breaking the punt return because the previous weeks he looked really well as well doing it, yeah. but never to the magnitude of what he did on Sunday. But, but again, you only can play who's on your roster – or your schedule, rather, and they did just that. So I was, again, not saying it was a pretty game, but you got the job done. Well, I'll tell you what. The Browns Director of Football Communications, Dan Murphy, who he's still a young man, but he's been with the organization longer than anybody, it seems. He'll tell you, historically, the Browns go down to Houston, and it just does not go their way. Right. They run in – it's some about – I don't know if they wake up on the wrong side of the bed – they run into a buzzsaw. Anytime they go to Houston, I think this has got to be. I mean, we, you and I have been broadcasting Browns programming for 10 years together. This has to be their first win in Houston. This has to be their first win in Houston. And since I've been on the air in Cleveland for 11 years, I think this has to be their first win in Houston that I can remember. I, I don't know if they've ever won in Houston while I've been on the air. My goodness. I mean, it is usually just pulling teeth to try to get a win at the Houston Texans the last time. No, they haven't done it. 2000. No, the last time they did it, I beg your pardon. I tell a lie. 2005, January 2nd, the Browns won at Houston 22-14. Other than that, I mean, goodness gracious, I was a freshman in college back then, Gerard. I mean, that that was at the end of my freshman, my first semester of college, Gerard. That's the last time the Browns won down in Houston. So it's good to get that off your back. Uh, Certainly, and I understand why. If you look at the banners that were in the rafters at the stadium, they were a good team from 20, basically throughout the 2010 up until the present. Yeah. So Matt it Schaub. doesn't surprise me. Definitely. Matt Schaub had a good run. Schaub and J.J. Watt with yep. Desha- a couple with Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. Andre yep. Johnson, what he represented. So, nah, Arian Foster. So, they had some ballers. So, I'll, I'll take what I can get down in Houston. I got to be honest with you. It takes us a second down. 
second down. Deshaun Watson, 12 of 22, 131 yards, an interception, and 7 of 21 with rushing. He rushed it seven times, got 21 yards, got sacked a couple of times. It takes it away from there. It's been 700 days since he last played. Looking for a little, in, in the words of Guns N' Roses, a little bit of patience out there from everybody. What did you think? Well, you saw signs of what makes him special, but you also saw signs of rust like no other. 700 days, that's going to show its effects. And also when you couple that with the fact that this is like week 12 and this is week one for him, he's at a great disadvantage. The speed of the game and being used to playing the game is in the favor of everyone on the football field except for Deshaun Watson. So he was the least prepared from a physical and mental standpoint, though he was preparing than anyone on the football field, and he's playing the most important position on the football field. So that explains a lot of the performance. And Nathan said something that was very resolute earlier mm. today in Cleveland Browns Daily, and he's absolutely right. Deshaun Watson struggles on his first game of the season. This is historic for him, so we should not be that surprised. Um, I, I thought it might be a bit of a struggle. I, I didn't – the losing it in the dirt, that type of thing, I think that that can be corrected. Right. Um, I, I thought, honestly, going into the game, I know you and I kind of debated what they should do. Should he go for – should he go big fly and throw for 300, 350 yards, or should they turn the ball off, turn about around and hand the ball off? And you know I'm a conservative when it comes to the offense. I, I like to turn around and hand the ball off with a guy like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there. So I, I w- wouldn't have had a problem with that. They did run the ball considerably on Sunday against uh, against Houston. And, I mean, the defense. Got to give credit to the defense. They showed up. They played well, created turnovers, and special teams. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he had the great punt return for a touchdown, so they were able to help him out there. But – I was surprised at – I thought it was going to be less rusty, but when I thought about it, I go, okay, this is about what we kind of looked at. I mean, 700 days, it's a long time. So you got to get that first one under your belt and then get going against Cincinnati this coming Sunday. We'll preview the Bengals coming up here in just a moment. We get the third down. Third down. Injury bug hitting the Browns big time this week. They lose Sione Takitaki for the season, a torn ACL. That's a big loss for the defense. The linebacker room has been just decimated by injuries, Gerard. Next man up, the Browns signed Reggie Ragland to their active roster. He's from the Las Vegas practice squad, 6'2", 252. He's in his seventh year already. I remember when he was drafted second round from the Buffalo Bills back in 2016. What has this guy got to do to get caught up to speed here and be able to contribute for this Browns defense against what is going to be a very potent rush? from the Cincinnati Bengals. I should say passing offense, but I just look at it as a full-on tidal wave of offense. Well, they definitely have an offensive unit that's capable of running the football when they're committed to it, and certainly we know the passing of the football is their calling card and what they do best. And Joe Burrow, heck, he'll even sneak in there and run the football on you as well because he's sneaky fast. So they're a complete offensive unit. They have everything you could possibly want from that standpoint. So for Ragland, it's really simple. Learn the verbiage. Learn the terminology. In practice this week, show that you know where the heck you're supposed to be. And if you do that and you don't show any signs of mistakes, you can find yourself on the football field. But I do take note of the fact that he's not your typical linebacker that we employ. He is 6'2", 252 pounds. And what that says to me, Ken, is an admittance that we need larger, bigger guys in the middle. And you're right. The linebacker in particular, middle linebacker position, has has been beat down. These are the guys that are getting hurt. So that speaks for itself. So, yes, right there in the middle, you want a, a run stopper, and he certainly fits that bill. Earlier today, the team placed Anthony Schwartz on injured reserve with a concussion. 
They picked up Jalen Darden off waivers from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We saw him just a week and a half ago when Tampa Bay was in town and the Browns got a win over the Buccaneers. Uh, originally selected fourth round for Tampa Bay back in 2021. 21 games are looking for some returning from him. I, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones did a great job on Sunday. Obviously, it's the first kick return or a punt return for a touchdown I think we've had since, what, Travis Benjamin, I want to say, back in 2015, if my memory doesn't escape me here. But they want to make sure Donovan Peoples-Jones is, is good to go when it comes to being the number two wide receiver behind Amari Cooper. Could we see Jalen Darden coming up this weekend? Well, you certainly can, but I also believe that DPJ can continue to do it because Tariq Hill, Lord knows he does it and does it at a high level, and he's one of the most productive receivers in the that's game. Fair. So it's yeah, possible to true. do both. So it's not like you have to eliminate one in order to have success with the other for Diamond Peoples-Jones. And we're always looking for someone. You want to have that guy because we've seen how important it is to have a returner, have that covered because we've languished in that in that part of the game because of the fact we never found someone that was truly committed to it. So now we're starting to have progress with Love, we're start, with Ford rather. We're starting to have mm-hmm. progress with DPJ. So with that in mind, I get why you bring a guy in because you always want to take a look at someone who might have some potential. Time for fourth down. Fourth, fourth down. down. We go to Cincinnati. The Bengals are 8-4 and four on the season. They haven't lost since the Browns game on Monday night on Halloween. They're actually the only team to beat the Bengals in their past eight games. This offense has been fantastic. They welcomed in Kansas City last week, took care of business against Kansas City in a back-and-forth matchup. Joe Burrow 3-0 against the Kansas City Chiefs in his career, but 0-4 against the against the Cleveland Browns. Gerard, i got to ask you first and foremost, what's the biggest challenge going through the division the second time around? Actually, Ken, the funny part about it is it's actually easier because yeah. you know the opponent. They know you. It's really comes, it really comes down to who's going to be more aggressive, who's going to make fewer mistakes, and who's going to go out there in the process of all doing all that, executing. Because you know the opponent. It's actually the easiest week of studying. You look back on what you did wrong. You look back on what you did right and what they're trying to do and what they have been doing. But I will say this about Cincinnati, what I anticipate them doing just as a little key for you. They're going to try to do a lot of things where they force the hand with us in a hurry-up and tempo standpoint because yeah. we have shown signs that we have – problems with adjusting when teams go up tempo from a substitution standpoint and they've been pretty good running it so yeah the Browns are definitely gonna have their hands full coming up on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals we'll preview more coming up here in a bit Browns fans be sure to stop by the free Twisted T tailgate pregame party prior to every home game the Twisted T tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and food and drink options the Twisted T tailgate Opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. So much more coming up later on in this show. Gerard and I will go around the league. We'll welcome in the voice here, Cleveland Browns' Jim Donovan. But coming up next, Browns defensive end Chase Winovich going to join us. We'll talk about 2022 and what's to come, especially on Sunday as the Browns head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Browns fans, get to First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with Express Access, presented by Root Insurance, and roll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate, plus... 
Each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Browns autograph merchandise. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. Browns Bengals coming up on Sunday at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. In a preview, we welcome in Browns defensive end Chase Winovich, who joins us right now on the hotline. Chase, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on. All right, first and foremost, is Michigan going to beat TCU coming up on New Year's Eve? Does a one-legged duck swim in a circle? Does a one-legged duck swim in a circle? The answer is yes. I've never seen a one-legged duck. I wouldn't know. you got to get out more. <laughs> I try to get out as much as I can, Chase, but I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's so difficult. Chase Winovich joining us here. Someone's got to work around here. <laughs> it's true. Chase Winovich joining us here on the show. Uh, how have you enjoyed your time in Cleveland so far, Chase? Well, obviously, I wish I was injury-free and everything went swimmingly on that front, but I tell you what, I've really enjoyed my time here. I love the coaching that I'm receiving. Coach Kiffin is is coaching me up every day, helping me work on new techniques. Uh, My teammates in general, they've been awesome. It's been a a real joy for me to to be here. The fans have been been outstanding. Like like I said, obviously, uh, you want things to be perfect. You want to win every game. However, uh, the guys are working hard, as am I, and uh, I'm really enjoying my time here. And, Chase, non-football-related question, but I have to ask, man. What sure. made you decide to cut off the golden locks? So, as most people know, I've used to – or that followed me at any point in my career. It's like, you know, I had my hair for about seven, eight years, and uh, I was up in, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and it was just a, like a normal Tuesday night, you know, planning on waking up for, for workouts the next day or whatever. And uh, I went to bed, and I had a dream that it was uh, time for me to cut my hair. And I was, like, just, like, so vivid. It was, like, you know, the end of my, my journey, you know, almost. Like, uh, you know, I'm back to the, the place that I had embarked on this this uh, this quest of sorts from and uh, just went and cut it, yeah. So, how, long, how long did you have long hair? Like I said, seven, eight years, I think. Oh, my goodness gracious. What did your family say, Chase? Whenever I cut it? Yeah. Well, I called my mom up. That's the only person I told. I was just like, hey, you know, <laughs> like, I had this dream last night. I'm going to cut my hair. And she's like, okay, cool. I can't wait. Send me a picture. But, uh, yeah, people were pretty shocked. That when I went to the facilities, uh, it was like, like I said, I don't know exactly the day I cut it. Maybe it was like a Friday. I went to the facilities on Monday to, like, show them that I've been working out. Like, you know, I'm strong and ready to run. Like, um, this is on the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got in there, you know, it's like everyone's like, whoa, like kind of shocked, taken aback. And uh, the Grim Reaper, as they call him, uh, the person that like lets you know that, you know, usually bad news. Uh, that he, He's like, hey, you know, Belichick wants to speak to you. So I was like, OK, interesting. You know, maybe he wants to see my new haircut or something. And uh, he called me in and he just said, you know, hey, you know, we're trading you to the Browns. And uh, I was a little taken aback. I just asked him. I was like, you know, because of the haircut. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, you know, what the heck. I guess he wasn't a fan. Did he think you sent somebody else in for you? Or was was it? did he know it was you, even with the short hair? <laughs> yeah, I think he had to uh, do a double take for sure. Chase Winovich joining us here on the show. So the injuries have been frustrating, obviously. Can, can you describe... You know, just what you've been going through here, because I know you've been wanting to get on the field. You finally did get on the field here. But what have you been having to go through just, you know, with the injuries and, and having to make sure that you're ready to go and, and go for this Browns defense because they, they definitely missed you? 
I tell you what, adversity is going to strike at at some point along the journey. It doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you do. If you, you put your mind to something and, you know, playing in the NFL is obviously not easy. Um, adversity is going to strike. And unfortunately, it's it's struck. You know, it's like running is super important. And, and when you, you bust a wheel, it's like, you know, you could, the only thing you could do is work as hard as you can every day to, uh, to try to, you know, bring it back to full health. And um, it's been been a crazy process just learning about my body and learning about you know like focusing on things that maybe aren't necessarily so physical but you know on on the mental side of the football game um so i've definitely i I feel that i've made a lot of progress um just just in in several of those planes as i spoke about um however it it is really frustrating that's just the the you know the truth of the matter but uh, I'm not to be deterred. You know, it's going to take some resilience. It's going to take some perseverance, and I'm just going to keep attacking it. It's like at the end of the day, it's like you, if you zoom out a little bit um, and, and think big picture, it's like this is going to uh, hopefully inspire some people to you know to keep carrying on and and you know show them that they can they can too fight through um, you know adversity and and injuries and and just come back and hopefully be better than ever. Yes. Well, if you plan for the Patriots, you're very familiar with the concept of complimentary football because Bill preaches it, teaches it every chance uh-huh. he gets. And with that being said, Chase, you played a pivotal role in that touchdown interception return that Fields got. Take us through that play, and what were you thinking as it transpired from the point of you blocking it and batting the ball in the air? Yeah, I've seen on film that they, there are certain tendencies in terms of like the boot, especially to the defense's left, the quarterback's right. Uh, so I, I figured that was definitely going to be a play. And, and whenever I felt the tight end release and I felt the, the running back to me, uh, I was just like, one, it's like, it's a little suspicious. You know, it's like, I doubt they're going to have a running back try to block me. And uh, once I, you know, I, I kind of flew by him, I was like, okay, uh, this guy's about to get, you know, basically blind, blindsided talking about the quarterback uh, or, you know, there's something going on behind me. And at that point in time, it's like the running back was sure enough. He was right there and, and I could see him. I'm trying to match his eyes. So like my, my, my focus and my gaze is uh, on him and just, just seeing what he's seeing. And so that at that point in time, I'm, I'm matching my hand to where he's trying to throw the ball. And if you like, if you look at the, the end zone copy, you could see like my hand, like kind of like doing that, like a sort of mimic, uh, mimicry of what he's trying to do, and sure enough, he uh, he threw it, and I got my hand on it, popped it up in the air. I was looking at Tony Fields, made a great play, snagged it out of the air, and uh, scored the tutty. Gotta love it. Chase Winovich joining us here on the show. Fantastic stuff. I, I gotta ask you, you know, Kevin Stefanski seems very even keel with us. Um, what's it like to play for a guy who who seems to have kind of well, I don't know. Belichick has an aura around him. Uh, Jim Harbaugh seems like a madman. What's it like to play for someone who's a little bit more even keel as opposed to the other two? First thing I'll say is that when you compare two things, you always have less. Something's getting uh, something's getting demoted or, or denigrated or, or something along those lines. When you compare two things, you always have less. Um, and so I can't really like compare them because they're just different coaches, different philosophies, et cetera. Uh, however, it's awesome playing for uh, for Coach Savansky. He is, uh, you know, I, I think adversity 
definitely introduces you to who you are. You know, it kind of it kind of fleshes things out. And just experiencing, you know, the little like the tumultuous bump we had, just losing games, you know, several games as we did. Um, he didn't panic, you know. He didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't sweating. Like at least, at least to us, it didn't come across that way. Um, he stayed poised, and um, he just like let's go one and zero. You know, that was that was a big message he had, he had stressed to us, and um, just bringing things back to the present. He seems like he, uh, you know, really does a great job with all that stuff, and it's it's a real pleasure playing for him. And Chase, one of the things that we talk a lot about, especially when the defense was having his issues and struggles was this idea of gap integrity and run fits and what that represents. It appears to me the past two weeks, the defense has kind of felt things out kind of like in a boxing match in the first round or two, guys are throwing jabs. But then we figured out we play a much better brand of run defense. What has been the reason behind that? And what's taking place with you guys on the front? Yeah, I think that there's there's always things that need to be worked through. This is the National Football League, so if a team does something well, it's like other teams are going to look at those plays and uh, how they set up those plays personnel-wise and, and try to mimic them. And if, uh, if you know if teams have success, it's like we got a great coaching staff too, and we're going to adapt. And uh, the coaching staff has done a great job putting players in, in the right fits, being creative with how they use their players. And, uh yeah. So I, I think we're just doing a great job all around these past couple weeks, especially. Chase, we thank you very much for the time. Good health, we wish you, and good luck for the rest of this season. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you. Chase Winovich, Browns defensive end, joining us in the player spotlight. Be a part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL, fans. Join the Brown season ticket member wait list today. For the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons, don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. When Gerard and I come back, we go around the league. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns kicker Cage York. This is Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett. This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Your Cleveland Browns and Bridgestone have launched the third annual First in 10 Grants to Empower Local Communities. They'll be providing 10 grants to nonprofit organizations that strive to make a difference in Northeast Ohio and our communities through education youth football, social justice, and volunteerism. Nominate your organization today at browns.com backslash grants. That's browns.com backslash grants. Gerard, I think it's time we go around the league. Let's and the do first it. one's first, Von Miller, out for the year. Woo. Out for the year, Von Miller is, after surgery. He found he had a torn ACL. Where would you rank them in your power rankings now after his loss? Talking about the Bills, where would you put them? Uh, Are they one of the top two teams in the AFC? Top two teams in the AFC. With that injury, you're going to probably have to elevate Kansas City ahead of them and say the Bengals right now are number one. So I would say no. They're number three. Man. Okay, wait a minute. Who'd you put uh, ahead of them? Who was the number one and two? Chiefs and Bengals. Chiefs and Bengals. Ooh, boy. Well, the Bengals are red hot. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold off on Bengals just a bit. I know they're red hot. Let me hold off for just a minute. We'll find out here soon. We'll find out here soon. Coming up, uh, should the league look into the Cowboys? Well, this is interesting here. Should the league look into the Cowboys after news leaked about OBJ's visit 
and physical and concerns that the team has that his knee has not progressed enough to ensure he would play before mid-January? Well, I mean, with that information leaking, and I'm not surprised by that. It hurts Odell's financial future, no doubt about it. Yeah. But I'm not surprised that the difference with that leaking, other teams share this information anyway. It's not like they don't call each other up and say, what you get and report? It's no different than the combine is sharing information. So that it doesn't a surprise violation? me. Is that a HIPAA violation? It, it I is, don't know. you got to remember, it should be, but here's the thing yeah. you need to know. There is no HR for the players that play in the National Football League. Mm. Mm. So a different there set is. of rules. All so I, was having, I was having a sip of water. I, I – because you're thinking about he doesn't like I know if he played for the Cowboys, then there and he was on the active roster. There has to be a report, right? I mean that's information that has to be given, as we we found out with Bill Belichick. But he is a free agent, so if you said, well, he failed the physical or something like that, well, but I don't know if you can just have that information out there. But here's the thing, though, Ken. These guys talk. On top of that, these guys, hey man, what happened? Is one of your buddies who you coached with another place or? Went to college with, played ball with, even you never know, but you just talk. Coaches mm-hmm. talk, do a lot of talking. So when you see guys at the beginning of the games, they're talking a lot. And they talk when they have their downtime, which is not that much. They talk. They share information. And the hope is that I share some with you down the road, you share some with me. So that's it's an exchange of information. Doesn't, so it doesn't, it doesn't surprise tell every, me. Doesn't mean I got to tell the whole world now, does it? No, I mean, it doesn't. I could, you could, you could share. You've shared plenty of things with me. I haven't started blabbering it off to everybody else out there. True that. At least not on got this network. Yeah, right. but I do that in the morning. You just don't listen. No, I'm kidding. All right. Will the 49ers, will the 49ers and Brock Purdy hold off the Seahawks to win the NFC West? Oh, gosh. Yes, they will. Purdy they doesn't will. have to do nothing but be a game manager. That's all he has to do, Ken. He doesn't have to do anything sensational or exceptional. All he has to do is do what he did on Sunday. He does just that, take care of the football. They will win football games. I'm astonished that everyone thinks that you have to play like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow in order to play quarterback successfully. Tom Brady, for the first four years of the starter, what did he do? He managed the game, didn't take crazy chances. And in clutch times, he made plays. But you don't have to be sensational in order to get the job done. I'm going to tell you right now, I have watched a lot of Brock Purdy football. I mean, they said he made 41 starts, and I ain't going to lie to you, Gerard. I think I saw every single one of them starts when he was in college. He's got some talent. He's a good, First off, he's a good guy. Uh-huh. He's a really good guy. Comes from a good family, good folks. He's a good dude. So I root for a guy like Brock Purdy. I really do. The second thing is, is, hey, it's a good story. He stepped in there and beat the Dolphins. But if he's the starter, eventually there's going to be things that they find out on tape that's going to hamper him. Now, you're right. You're right. This is the interesting thing here, what Kyle Shanahan does with his offense. Uh-huh. Is will he continue to just have to play point guard? If he played for a lot of other teams, I'd say no chance. But because he plays in that system, I I give him a fighting chance to do it. I think it's going to be hard, but I give him a fighting chance to do it. And I say, yeah, you know what? I think they can because I do. I respect their system and I respect their talent. Right, and their system's about grinding you out, beating you down, not much in the vertical passing game. Now, when they take their play-action pass shots and get them, you're done for. But what they want to do is beat you horizontally. They're not trying to beat you vertically. They want to spread you out, thin, yeah. you, thin you out, and then wear you out. And that's what they're all about. Yeah, they, I mean, they. you got a guy like George Kittle. If he can be healthy, I, I think that that can make a big, a big difference there. And you got a lot of players. I know they took a shot with Brandon Ayuk 
on Sunday and ended up, you know, getting caught with it because they ended up throwing an interception. Brock Purdy ended up throwing an interception in that game. But I don't, ha- I don't have a problem with taking a shot every now and then. It just you know what you are and you know what you're not. And Brock Purdy is a very smart quarterback. For everything given, he's a very smart quarterback there. Uh, did the Titans' former general manager John Robinson's trade of A.J. Brown in the offseason ultimately lead to his termination this week? Yes. Yes, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the fact that he, one, Brown put on a show. You, they got scenes now of Rabel being visibly upset with the trade. And mm. come on, who fires a guy who has a winning record the way he does and you in the middle of the week? You pay attention to this, yes. And you pay attention to this, too. Mike Vrabel's been taking shots at John Robinson in the media for the last three years. He's been taking shots at him for the draft. He's been taking shots at him for certain signings. He's been taking shots at him for others for, for this situation with A.J. Brown. I mean, Mike Vrabel hasn't just come out and said John Robinson isn't good at his job, but Mike Vrabel said everything but John Robinson isn't good at his right. job and he doesn't like working with him. Power struggle and Vrabel won. And frankly, I mean, those guys play for Mike Vrabel. Mike yeah, Vrabel deserves to win. That's for sure. That's yeah. true about that. Uh, we can all agree that the Texans might be the worst team. At, I don't want to read it like Mike. that. Jason, Lord Almighty, who's the second worst team in the NFL? Ain't Denver. No to it. <laughs> Denver. Well, I, I tried to be nicer about it. Well, hold on now. Denver, yeah. Rams, Bears, or Colts? Denver. It's Denver? Yes. It's Denver. God. They cannot amass 10 points, Ken. They got 10 points on Sunday. Didn't they win the game? They didn't win. They lost. didn't win. No, they didn't win. Oh my goodness gracious! They got nine points and they lost to the Ravens. Yes, like I said, they cannot amass ten points. Boy, that is just terrible. Defense is ballers. <laughs> Give them credit. Man, their soft season to go. Oh, smart move. Their quarterback away. Oh yeah, but their we didn't know. Away. We did not know what the quarterback was bringing to the table from an attitude standpoint. You make that move and you're even further away. Yeah, I mean well. they're they're out there. They're in the. They're out the is, door. Is there such a thing of a word called the doldrums? Down the hallway. They're in it. <laughs> oh goodness! Fact or fiction? TCU should not have made the college football playoff. Fact. Oh come on! Who did you want to put in? Alabama. I. You don't want to. Hear, you don't want to hear what I had to say about it. It's disrespectful to you, and I have too much respect for you. I can't say it. <laughs> what are you gonna say? I ain't gonna say it. I ain't gonna say it. You would have an excuse, but Who I'm would- not gonna say it. Who would be who in the matchup, Alabama versus TCU? Alabama's wins are garbage. But ask the question, Ken. I think TCU would give them a run. How about that? How about that? The question. Give them a run. Alabama would be, be favored. Alabama <laughs> would be favored, but I think TCU I think would give them a run. run. It was a top ten loss to Kansas State. You got, I, I, I said that to you on Sunday, and I'll say it again. It, uh, Montgomery Ward didn't just close their doors overnight. <laughs> say that. There were plenty of people who went to Montgomery Ward just because it was Montgomery Ward. And that's the same thing. It's the same thing, Gerard. That's what Alabama football is this year. I got to find a comeback for that Montgomery Ward. That's a yeah, great yeah. one. Exactly. Thank you. Kmart, use Kmart. Uh, that's people still, recent. blue light specials. Blue light specials. There you go. That's your Alabama football. Uh. No. TCU deserved to be in. I ain't gonna say. I know you pay attention. It would be wrong to use that argument against you, because like you do college games and you do them well. So I'm not gonna use it against you. But I had a different argument for it. Not gonna do it. Oh, you guys in love with the name? I watch the games. TCU deserves games. to be in. And again, Alabama would beat them. It's a top ten loss. I mean, yeah, Alabama might beat them, but Alabama. I said would beat them. I was I was definitive with it. We'll beat them. And they you know would I'm be. Right. They'd be a small favorite. 
and I think TCU could beat them. And because that's the argument, right. that's the way I'm sticking to it. I got to do the live read now. Okay. Sorry. It's all right. You can win. You win. Gerard wins. I'm just <laughs> I'm making my argument. That's all. Technically, the TCU's in, but you get what I'm saying. Anyway, you win. Uh, fans, mark your calendars. Face off on the lake. It's presented by Meyer. And it's the first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium on February 18th. The Ohio State Buckeyes are going to host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium in downtown Cleveland. Tickets are on sale now, and they start at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff. That's firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff. Or give us a call at 440-891-5050. Up next, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play to the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Browns-Bengals coming up on Sunday at Paycor Stadium. Gerard Cherry, you'll hear him on the sidelines. Nathan's girl will be in the booth doing the color analysis alongside the voice of your Cleveland Browns who joins us right now, Jim Donovan. Jim, thanks for joining us tonight. Good to be with you guys, Ken and Gerard. Good to talk to you. You know, Jim, you called it on Sunday. You said, ah, it's probably going to be a nice balance. It, it it looks like it could be a pretty conservative game plan offensively for the Browns. And they were pretty conservative. What did you make of the entire contest? Well, I thought it was, um, you know, it was uh, – it was a great team win, Ken, because, uh, you know, they found a different way to win. I mean, they won defensively. They got turnovers. They scored on defense. They won on special teams finally, which has really been lagging all year. They had the big punt return. You know, Cade York hit his field goals. Uh, they, they got a fumble recovery on a punt return by Houston. So those two areas, which have kind of really had tough years, um, you know, they've really cashed in, and that, that really pulled them through. A rough day uh, for the offense, no doubt about it. Um, the, the thing that I think is, as you go through it, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I just think we look for a great deal of improvement on Sunday at the quarterback position for Deshaun Watson. Maybe we were all naive to think that he would just step in and really be the Deshaun Watson of a couple of years ago when he was lighting it up with the Texans uh, to do it against the Texans this time. Um, because realistically, that was a long, long layoff. And, uh, you know, we need him, and the Browns are going to need him to be better this Sunday to be competitive against a great team that is playing great football right now. And, Jim, talking about Deshaun Watson, there were certain things that I saw that made me say, okay, I see where once he gets this rust removed from his game that this makes sense and this is why we made this move did you see certain plays where you said it to yourself okay that's what I'm accustomed to from Deshaun Watson yeah I did I mean I thought that um I thought a couple of times he was his own worst enemy I don't think it was the Texans I think it was himself and he might have been inside his own head on this thing but I thought at times you know Gerard he was indecisive as to what he wanted to do. Do I want to run here? He'd get to the edge. Or do I want to show like I'm going to run and I'm going to hit the receiver? And it didn't seem like the receiver knew what he was going to do. And I think that too many times he was kind of caught in between gears. But there were other times where you would see a flash of him where he is lethal on the bootleg. 
uh, when he gets out on that edge, and he becomes a nightmare, I think, for a defense that's saying to itself, is he going to run or is he going to let it fly and throw the football? Um, there were a couple of incidents, uh, you know, instances rather, where he was like that. Uh, other than that, I just think the good part about him was that he didn't come unglued. I thought he was very centered about everything. Uh, and I think that he was very understanding about what was going on and just plowed through it. He got through it. They won the game. They got the result that they went down there to get. And I think he's probably very confident, he seems to be, that he'll be better this week. And he'll be better next week against Baltimore and so on and so on. Cincinnati coming up on Sunday. Jamar Chase will be with him a different animal than what they played on that Monday night game. That's the last loss that the Bengals had, Jim. They've been red hot. Boy, they have, Ken, and they're really good. I mean, they really are good. Uh, and of course, they were really great last year to go all the way to the Super Bowl and go right down to the final gun before they ended up losing that Super Bowl. Now, they get off to a rough start, um, and everybody kept talking about a hangover, a Super Bowl hangover, um, but, boy, they have solved it. And, you know, guys, I, I was watching the NFL Network last night, and they were replaying the game from Sunday down in Cincinnati between the Chiefs and Bengals. And the, the intensity in that game was that AFC Conference Championship game level. It really was. Yeah. And I say to myself, first of all, I want the Browns to be playing in a game like that with that kind of intensity. And then the second point is, I hope that they can compete in a game like that. That's where we want to be. We want to be in games just like that. And the Bengals are very comfortable playing in those kind of big games. And more often than not, in the last two years, they're getting the right result. They're winning those games. And, Jim, do you think there's any truth to the idea that a team can have a certain team's number? Because it certainly seems like we have the Bengals' number and that they have a hard time, particularly with Joe Burrow as a starter, beating the Browns. Well, I would say this, Sherrod, if you take a look, a look through the years, um, we have had our difficulties with the Steelers for many, many decades, not just years, decades. And I would say that they – you know, they have been in our heads, especially when you go over to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think that there are some teams that really give you a problem, and, and, it, and it multiplies the more you go there or they come here and you don't gain any kind of success. I don't think that we are in the bank, you know, that we're in Joe Burrow's head or in the Bengals' head right now. Um, I just think that we have come up with, a couple of our best games of the season against them. I mean, that game down in Cincinnati last year was the best game of the season for the Browns. So far, I would have to say that Thursday night Halloween game, uh, you know, that was right there as maybe the best game of the season so far for the Browns. And it just happens to come against Cincinnati. I think the Browns are aware of how important it is, and they kind of really, they almost draft to compete in their division, to get players to match up against either the Bengals, Ravens, or Steelers. Um, and, and I think it's worked for them. I think they're playing better inside the division. Jim, we thank you for the time. We know we're all pressed. We'll talk to you on Sunday morning. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Take care. You too. Jim Donovan, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, joining us on the hotline. When we come back, we'll tell you what's coming up on Thursday night, and we'll preview Sunday morning as the Browns get ready to take on the Bengals down in Cincinnati. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. 
Thursday, 7 p.m., the Kevin Stefanski Show. It's going to be all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Head coach Kevin Stefanski and ladies and gentlemen, Browns wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's not your Jones. He's not my Jones. He's the Peoples-Jones, Gerard. (laughs) That's right. And he is the man becoming a legend and no longer a myth. So, yes, balling out, doing it, making it happen on wide, at the wide receiver spot, as well as returning, man. Love the dude. Love what he represents. I should rip Jason, I should rip Jason Gibbs for getting him on Thursday instead of today, even though we love Chase Winovich coming on the show with us. Because I have been trying to extol the virtues of Donovan Peoples-Jones basically since the Browns drafted him. I mean, I love the pick when they drafted him, and here he is in year three. And the difference is being made. And I'm going to tell you, as an analyst, I'm doing a little champion's pose. i got to tell you, Gerard, I'm sorry. heard that. Well, I'm going to talk about his fashion sense because I'm really interested in that as well. Oh, he's a very well-dressed man. That he is. I saw what he was – I saw a lot of guys in like the – and, hey, that's fine. You could wear the travel jumpsuits and things like that to get on the plane. And I looked at Donovan Peoples-Jones and I said, my goodness gracious, that is a well-dressed man when he leaves the room. When he leaves the building – Donovan Peoples-Jones has it all together. Nah, he was not playing. You can't get clothes like that on me. I'm just too big. I gotta have the. I gotta have a different build. You gotta have a different build. Can't can't look like that. Just can't. Yeah, man, they got big and tall. I look like a semi truck walking through the hallway. All right, Gerard. Of course, that's coming up on Thursday, 7 p.m. Kevin Stefanski show. Browns going down to Cincinnati. That's right. Down to the Queen City, right along the banks of the Ohio River. Gerard, what are you thinking on Sunday? How do the Browns go down there and get themselves a win, buddy? Well, it's really simple. Duplicate, replicate, exfoliate. Might not even be a word, but the whole point is. That's fine. Go, Use it. <laughs> go do what you've done in previous times with this team. Weather the storm and then force turnovers. Play clean football. Make them beat themselves and get frustrated with the fact that they can't believe that they're losing to you. And that's what you're going to have to do and do it for four quarters because this is a very good football team. But for some reason – they get really, really frustrated when they play against us and they don't play to the level that they're capable of. So continue that continuation of giving them frustration, and at the end you will see a lot of elation. They don't like it. They don't like it. It's a very awkward situation for them. Yeah, I agree with you. I say go ahead, give it to them, see what uh, Deshaun Watson can do. Let's see what Nick Chubb can do. This offensive line, what they can do, it's going to be a little bit tougher task. DJ Reader is back for the Cincinnati Bengals, so the Browns, We'll have their hands full coming up on Sunday, and we'll be talking to you at 9 a.m. Your ears are going to be full coming up on Sunday. Browns game day, Gerard Cherry and myself at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., the Cleveland Browns kickoff show with myself, Andy Baskin, and Tyvis Powell. Then 1 p.m., kickoff, Jim, Nathan, Gerard, live from Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. The Browns take it on the 8-4 and four Bengals, trying to make it win number three in a row here in 2022. A big thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jason Gibbs, doing a wonderful job, as always. Meredith Kane, our technical producer, she's incredible. Associate producer, Connor Lawrence, he's great as well. For Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen. Thanking you for listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. 